Yes, people, it's episode 290 of Griff's Brain Dumping. It's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? Are you well? We are in Edinburgh. Hey, we're in Edinburgh. Um, I'm in my accommodation right now, looking out the window. Um, yeah, I'm here. I've already seen two shows. I've already seen two shows. So Lauren Patterson and Vittoria Angeloni. Both their shows are fantastic. So it's good. It's good to watch. I'm shattered because I've been up since uh, four in the morning because, you know, I was asking the question, how am I going to get to the fringe? I took a cab. See, my flight... Uh, wait, sorry. Took a cab to the airport. I didn't take a cab all the way to Edinburgh. That would be wild. Um, so where I was planning to take a train to get to Gatwick Airport, and obviously there's tube strike, solidarity and all that. But here's the thing, people. My flight cost £88. My cab from my house to Gatwick Airport cost me £110. Um, I'm not sure how good you are at maths, but 110 is higher than 88. It cost me more to travel, uh, I think it's 50 odd miles that it cost me to travel the length of the country. So, you know, it's whatever though. I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here. That money will come back at some point in the future. It is what it is, but it hurt. It bloody hurt. It bloody hurt. So we had that to deal with um, and I didn't get as much sleep as I wanted to simply because I thought that boxing, if it was in bloody Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah, it would start earlier. But it started at 11pm and was I going to miss that boxing? No, I wasn't. I knew I had sleep. I was like, fuck it, they've got to watch the boxing. Let's talk about the boxing. Let's get that out the way, yeah? Let's get that out the way. It's too fresh. Now listen, disclaimer, I'm Team AJ. Team AJ, all the way. Um, if you talk about the fight, AJ did fantastically. I think he, he didn't win, but he, someone's got to lose. And I thought he was very respectful. He saw the scorecard. One of the judges scored it 115-113 to Usyk. One scored it 116-112. I thought that was probably the fairer score. And one scored it 115-113 to AJ. Now, I mean... Pff, Look, I understand bribery and stuff, but sometimes, you know, you have a deal. Sometimes you've got to go back on that deal, you know? Look, I'll, the judge's like, listen, I'll, I'll say you won. Just, just make it look like you could have won, all right? And they just say, yeah, I'll handle my bit. You just handle your bit. Then it comes to the scoring. After watching the fight, you've got to be like, mate, I know what I said. I'll give you the money back. But I can't say that you won that fight. I will look ridiculous. And that's what that judge looks. But that's not to say that AJ was blown out the water. Round nine, everyone was flipping on their feet, I think. You know, we was all thinking, hey, AJ might do it here in round nine. Rocked you sick in round nine. But then that round 10, 11 and 12 as well, but round 10 from Alexander Usyk. Alexander Usyk. Oh my God. That was some of the best boxing I've ever seen. It was unreal. The way he picked him off, it was just, Jesus Christ, this guy's levels. And I was watching that and I was thinking, Tyson Fury doesn't want any of this. He doesn't want any of that. Because Tyson Fury simply won the fight of AJ. That was the big money fight. British uni unification, undisputed, it's, it's, it's all there. You know? But now the belts are not there. Um... Yeah, there's no unification undisputed, so now it's just an all-British thing, you know, and it would generate interest here at Wembley, we'd want to see it, but Tyson Fury doesn't want that, he wanted a big payday, and I believe Tyson Fury would beat AJ, I do, I do believe that, so I don't think he's running scared 
from AJ. I think he would beat him. I just think he's not. He doesn't have the appetite to have that fight if the if it isn't that big money spinner. He's got nothing to prove against AJ. But Alexander Usyk dodging him, ducking him. He hasn't mentioned his name. He won't even say his name. He's like the boogeyman. He won't say his name. And Usyk, if he doesn't, who does Usyk fight? He's got all these belts and no one to fight. Is he actually going to vacate his WBC? If, I guess if he vacates his WBC title, then it's there. I think it's uh, I think it's Joyce and Parker, right? Who are next in line for the WBC? I think. I think. I do not know. I need to check that. But that's that's the boxing part of it. Let's talk about what happened after the fight. Let's really get into that. So after the fight, we didn't watch it. Um, the score was given. Anthony Joshua signed a Ukraine flag and looked very gracious and magnanimous in his defeat. Fair enough. And, you know, they're just talking about Usyk, you know, the commentators are, Adam Smith. And then, then um, you start seeing a bit of commotion in the ring. And they said, oh, we need to calm down. AJ seems really angry. He's lost it. He's gone mad. He's like, what's happening here? Then he leaves the ring and he looks vexed. And I'm thinking he's just kicking himself. He's disappointed. And then they say he's chucked belts. I was like, what are you doing chucking belts? They do a replay. He's got two belts, the WBO and the Ring Magazine belt. Now, here's the thing. One, he wasn't the holder of these belts. So these belts weren't his. Uh, Two, the Ring was no one's belt. That was the one that uh, Fury vacated. So this was the fight between number one and two for the Ring Magazine belt. If Fury's retired. And... um, he just threw them out of the ring. Now I don't know what's going on in his head there. Then, after leaving the ring, he comes back in the ring. This is Usyk's moment. Usyk has just won the fight. It's his moment for a massive crowd. You know, the whole thing going on in Ukraine. Let's not mention it, but, you know, it's there. This is his moment. You know, actually, we have to mention it because it's the context of the thing. He's making his country proud. And AJ comes and takes the mic off him. He's there saying to actually wait, he doesn't have the mic, he's there going, How did you beat me? Not by strength, not stronger than me, it was skill. He was actually he was giving him props. It sounded a bit mad at, at the time, but then when I listened to it again, he was giving Usyk props. I think even in his final speech in his speech, his rant, whatever you want to call it, I think he was trying to actually big up Usyk. But his emotions were everywhere. I mean he's just been punched in the head for twelve rounds. And he's been punched in his head as his career. So what we saw there may have been a meltdown, may have just been a man higher than emotion. Uh, but here's the thing: either way, we shouldn't have heard him talk. And for me, his team let him down. He shouldn't have been near a microphone at that moment. He, he because he was clearly wasn't in the right frame of mind to be talking. He swore a few times. He ended his speech with Bismillah. <laughs> It was just, I remembered where he was. I thought, all right, fair enough. But it just seemed all over the place. It was cringe. I saw some women on Twitter saying it gave them the ick. Listen, I said there was no shame in the defeat, but how he behaved after, it was it was pretty crazy and shameful. He was talking about, he's trying to talk about politics and not talk about politics. He's like, look, I don't know what's, the thing that's going on in Ukraine, look, I don't know what's going on in Ukraine, but 
it's not very nice. I'm like, what is he talking about? He just needs, does someone take the mic off him? One of his boys needs to take the mic off him. Now, let's be honest, I don't know. If I'm AJ's boy, I'm not sure how I'll take the microphone off AJ. The guy's six foot six, six, seven. He'll punch my face off. But I don't know, I'm taking the microphone from him. But someone's got to do it. Like, you're not going to take the microphone from him. Just pour some water onto his microphone, onto the mixing desk. I don't know. you just got to stop it somehow. Trip him up. Throw the microphone out the ring. I don't know, but you've got to stop him. Then I saw his post-fight interview. I saw a clip of it, like a 21-minute video on Sky Sports where he actually breaks down and cries. And to me, I, I, I feel for him. I'm an AJ fan. I want him to win. Um, and for me personally, I don't think he has anything else to prove. He's a two-time unified world champion. He's been an ambassador, role model, a model professional. He's been inspirational to a generation of, of people. He's had a very short amateur, amateur career, gold medalist. The guy has actually done it all that he needs to do. Because he's never held the WBC belt. Maybe he can go and do that. I don't know. But here's the thing. He doesn't have to for me. I think he's done everything he needs to do in his career. If he wants to, he can. But for me, boxing is a dangerous game. And at what cost? Because I think if he hangs around long enough and boxes long enough, guess what? I reckon he can t- get all the belts back. He, you know, he could. He's younger than Usyk. You know, he can age Usyk out and just punch him up when Usyk's like 40. I don't know if he wants to do that. But at what cost? Because you don't play boxing and not get losses. Even when you win, you get losses. You will get punched in the head. And when he's 10 years, 15 years down the line and his memory is shot and he's not stringing sentences together, will he look back and be like, I'm a three-time world champion? Or will he just not care about that anymore? That's the question he needs to ask himself. And I think right now, while he's emotional, he just needs to take some time away. But I can't lie, it was, it was fucking hilarious when I saw the meltdown. <laughs> what a spectacle. It, it was crazy. I, I was cringing. My wife was cringing. We were just like, what is happening? Oh, please, someone stop him talking. It was just... But as humans, we're not used to seeing that level of emotion. We're not meant to see that level of emotion from someone else. Um, and you would have been uncomfortable viewing if you were close to him, though. It would have been very uncomfortable. I'm not that close to him. He's he's not a real person to me, even though he is a real person. You know what I mean? He's AJ. He's this big, indestructible, you know, rich man. So, but as a man, man's man, felt bad for him. But him being AJ, it was crazy to watch. So I watched that fight finish. I thought he's done himself proud there. I'm not sure what he's going to do next, but he's done himself proud. And I, and I hope for him people forget about the rant, which I think they will. I think they will. It was all over the place. But um, I feel for the guy. Um, what else happened this week? What else has happened? Tottenham won. It was top of the league. Uh, then a few other results came in and then I stopped looking at the league table. So I don't know who's top of the league now. And then <laughs> what else has happened this week? Have I gigged this week? I did. I, was, I hosted West End Comedy Club on Tuesday. Before the tube strikes and rail strikes and all that stuff. But um, that was fun. That was fun as well. Um, trying to think anything else happened. I finally watched the documentary What is a Woman by Matt, 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 Matt. Um, oh, what is his name? Matt something. What is a woman? What is a woman? What is his name? Matt Walsh. 
Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? It's actually called Matt Walsh's Journey for Truth, What is a Woman? If you haven't watched it, I'd, I'd recommend watching it. It was, a, it was a fun watch. It was funny. Um, but here's the thing with these type of shows. Um, I agree with him, what he's saying, how he's, pursue, um, how he's pursuing it. But he probably could have got more out of it in the sense of if he just... Because he, he wasn't antagonistic and he was firm in his position. Um, but sometimes you can coax people out of their position more if you act more of a friend, you know what I mean? You know, uh, what's it word? What's the word? You, you, oh, there's a saying, I've been awake since four people, leave me alone, where uh, you, <laughs> it's, not, it's not hiding the, 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 the uh, sweet in the medicine, because that's not what I'm trying to say. It's the stick, carrot stick. There you go, carrot or stick. And you want to give them the carrot? Give him the carrot, tease him out of the position. And he was giving them the carrot, but every time now there's a little bit of stick in there. And then they just put, okay, no, interview terminated. And I know he, he wants to make entertaining things, he wants to make it, people look more ridiculous, but make them walk out. But I think, or them going, this conversation's over. But I think what, sometimes you can just let the audience do that. Simply just ask them what's a woman, and they go, well, I don't know. If they give that answer, you just leave that there to hang in the air. We But I do get why he's trying to drive home the point. Um, and some way it was edited, it was a bit cheesy, but overall, it was a it was a fun, it was a fun watch. But I think with these things, right. There's like one one professor who's a gender studies professor, which I saw a few clips and he looked ridiculous. But then when I watched it, he wasn't so ridiculous because he was making the point that it's, acad- it's academia, isn't it? So you've got to be jumping around different perspectives. And he was just simply saying that Matt has an essentialist perspective. And when he said that, I thought that was a gateway for a conversation. And he goes, oh, what? you've got an essentialist perspective. He could have gone, oh, what's that mean? But instead of him going, what's that mean? He goes, no, I just want to know the truth, reality. And then if you're talking to social scientists like me, I studied psychology at uni. Um, I did a bit of philosophy at A-level. And in my own time, and when you talk about reality, you, you can't have an objective conversation about reality because it's a very philosophical thing. Well, sorry, depends what topic you're talking about. If you want to talk about biology, there's a reality. If you want to talk about philosophy, then it's, again, a philosophical thing. All these different studies, and then within these studies, these different perspectives, you're going to tackle the same word differently. So what you do, you try to agree what a woman is, fine, but then you also can agree what perspective you're talking about, and then agree which perspective probably is higher than the other. And I imagine that's what they actually do in gender studies. I don't think there's anyone in gender studies who is unaware of the definition of woman being an adult female human being. I think everyone does gender studies, understands that is a accepted definition. But I guess within gender studies, they're trying to find these different definitions. Now, whether you agree on those different definitions or not, that's a conversation. So I think sometimes in the documentary, it was so hard, um, so went to hammer that point home. However, what he did do, which I liked, was that he never gave an answer until the very end of the documentary. So he just kept on asking them. So he never says what they're saying is wrong. He just goes, well, what's a woman? 
And it was crazy to see people get so tied in knots answering that question. But then he made me ask that question of different things that I've, I accept and that I know. Race, for example, there's no real biological basis to race, but there is in the sense of, but it's a very small chromosome, it's all genetic difference between human beings that have different skin color, but race, what is race? Race is a social construct, ethnicity, is that social? Not sure. That may be more scientific, we have the same what, haplo groups or whatever. But like, if someone asks, what is black? Uh, I'd be like, well, in the UK, it's someone of uh, African or um, Af- Afro-Caribbean descent. So you have to go into ethnicity to, to, to describe race. But it's not the same across the world, right? Um... Because I think in other countries, it's a political thing. It's nothing to do with ethnicity in the sense of it's you're from, well, it is from ethnicity, but you're from an ethnic group that's nothing to do with Africa. You're just the darkest, poorest people in that country. You're black. And that's it. And it's one of those ones that, but you can discuss that. You can pick it apart and you probably don't feel like you're going to get cancelled either way. Where I feel like, these guys on the right, um, if you want to put them there, do seem to have a fear about being cancelled. It's a real thing in their head. And as much as they like to, you know, stick their flag to that mast and that like they don't care and they're just powerful for truth. There's, you can see there's a fear in there and I think that's what's driving, you know, their, their attack on this. But... Listen, it's an interesting documentary. I recommend you go watch it. If you need a link to see it, because I think it's behind the paywall, I can get you that link. You just message me. I'll get you that link. But it's good. Give it a watch. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, so I'm just going to check. My phone can't be talking for too long, so I do need to head out to watch more gigs. Uh, all right, they seem out. Let me go message them. Wait a minute, I'm going to... I'm going to come back, people. I will come back. Bear with me. And we're back. I had to uh, do husband and father stuff, which is just simply talk to my family. As not here. I feel like the volume is picked up now. I'm not sure what, why, because I feel I'm talking exactly the same, but I'm looking at the... That's not interesting. That's not content. Anyway, what else has happened this week? Um, I've halfway listened to a pod and I've seen tweets about it, about Hardy Caprio talking about um, abuse he suffered as a child. I haven't really heard who he suffered at the hands off, but the part I want to talk about is how it's not like it's been a secret, and we're not calling it a secret anyway, because it's no one else's business, but it really hasn't been. It hasn't been the thing of he's been holding this in and he hasn't told anyone. It's been the thing that he didn't actually remember, and that a memory came to him, like recently, and then he asked his mum about it, and she was just like, oh, I thought you'd forgot. Now, that is scary as hell for me, because what that says to me is, and I know memory's reconstructive. I know that we forget things to, to protect ourselves and protect our own mental well-being. I know that. But it never really came across my mind that that happens. And if that happens 
to anyone. That could happen to any of us, right? We could have a memory, and then we could just think of it as, that's just a weird, that's a weird thought. Why did I think that? That's weird. Only for someone, when you share that thought, and go, oh, so you remember. You're like, remember what? Do you know how crazy that is? Like, shout out to him for speaking his truth. Like, this isn't about him. It's just, I've really just made it about me and about <laughs> other people. In the sense, just generalising it, in the sense of, I just think that's just such, such a scary idea. That you just, your repressed memory just popping up in adulthood. It's just, boom. Thought you thought you forgot something, then boom. And I guess that's what could happen to anyone, right? Just any kind of trigger. Because our memory is not sorted in any kind of... Well, it's sorted in some order. We don't know what order our brains are sort information in. It's all linked somehow. How, you know, a certain smell can make us think of a certain place, and that certain place makes us think of a certain person, that certain person makes us think of a certain thing. And it just goes, blah, 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 and it happens so quickly that that smell now makes you think of a thing, and you don't even know the links between. Because, you know, the theory is our brains, we don't know we're thinking, we don't know how to think. We just know the products of the process. So, for example, if I was to say think of an elephant, you could think of an elephant, but you don't know how your brain got to elephant. Where it extracted the image from in your head. You don't know what happens under the surface. All you know is that elephant has popped out in your head now. It's just come out of the machine. It's there. Even when you speak, it's so automated. It's just like you've got all these words in your head somewhere. You know what I mean? You don't have to open folder and be like, what word? Okay, this is the word I want to use. Granted, sometimes words don't come to us instantly, but it's there in our head. And we can mash any of those words together and pull them apart. And it's just, the mind's crazy. So when it comes to memories, man, that is, because that's what all we are, aren't we? We're just memories. We're just a series of memories and stories uh, and feelings that we've told ourselves about ourselves and other people have told us about us. And that's that's us. It's just, I, just the thought of a bloody memory just popping back in your head that is not a good one. Gee, golly. Golly indeed. Oh, dear. Sorry, my eyes are itching. Um, I don't think there's anything more to talk about that's happened in the week, um, happened in my week, where are we? No, 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 nothing more. Um, <laughs> sorry, 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 it's Travis J. Uh, <laughs> Travis J just messaged me. He says, I won't be replying. Um... Until tomorrow, take my silence personally. Oh my god! So I met this Travis is Team AJ. Um, I'm Team AJ, but he's more Team AJ. And, uh, <laughs> and that, I I messaged him yesterday, like at quarter past midnight, bro. Wild Wild for your boy AJ in the in, in a bold. Okay, that was mad awkward. After his talk. And then I message going, um, you recovered. I do feel bad for him. Um, it's why I hate being a comedian. Because this is true. This is what goes on. Because the human in me says, this is an ambassador, role model, model professional who is uh, elevate, who 
and who's elevated boxing. He lost to a better fighter on the night, and he, he still has great nights ahead of him. But the comedian in me is just like, let's all laugh at AJ. But um, and he's just wrote back, I won't reply until tomorrow. Take my silence personally. That has cracked me up, man. That has really cracked me up. All right. Uh, should we get, should we get to some dear Deirdre? Yeah, we can do. We can do that. All right. Let's get into dear Deirdre then. Um, right, dear Deirdre. My ex is getting married next week, but we still have phone sex and I long to get back with him. But he won't commit. I mean, he will commit. He's, he's committing to who's getting married. <laughs> dear Deirdre, my ex is planning to marry his girlfriend, but we have, we're having phone sex every week. We were together for 18 years. Jeez. Uh, 15 uh, as a married couple and have a teenage daughter together. I'm 55, my ex is 56. Um, we were unhappy. So we were happy, although I did know he was unfaithful at least a couple of times. We got divorced and I and I have had no contact with him for almost 10 years. My reading is terrible today. Um, I have been out with other guys since, but didn't really connect with any of them. My 16-year-old daughter rarely sees her dad, but when, he, when she does, she will tell him little bits about uh, his life. One night after a few drinks, my curiosity got the better of me and I looked him up on social media. He hadn't really changed much in the time we'd been apart. Um, I sent him a message and he replied almost immediately and seemed pleased to hear from me. We exchanged pleasantries and then swapped phone numbers. We started messaging, then after a month, we started having phone calls every week. The calls last for at least an hour each. Oh dear. That's the longest tantric phone sex. Our feelings for one another came flooding back very quickly. We've had phone sex a few times and we're talking about meeting. Then after my daughter's latest visit to him, she returned home with some surprising news. Her dad and his girlfriend, um, who he has two young kids with, had set a date for the wedding. I'm so upset as I thought we may even have ended up back together. Oh dear. He says if it had not been for his youngest children, he would be with me. He just keeps blaming the timing and saying he's gutted we could work it out. I don't know what to do. Hang up your phone. I've got no reason to talk to this guy, except for to say, my kid's on the way. When is my kid coming back? That's it. So if I have your phone sex with your ex, yeah? This is, this, this is a woman, there's no need to get with your ex, yeah? It's just, you have, it's, women have so many cock offers. Seriously. I mean, I guess maybe not to your tasting, but look, so many cock offers. So yeah, just um, just don't, just don't. All right, like I said, he, he clearly wants to get married. Phone sex is such a weird one to follow. What are you really getting? Just, just have a wank. Hang up, have a wank. You're done. Um. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Mm. Yeah, okay. I like these weird ones. Step snub. My stepdaughter insulted me at a wedding and I can't see past my anger. Dear Deirdre, I thought I had a good relationship with my stepdaughter, but after attending her wedding recently, I feel s snubbed and overlooked. Oh, are you not? But he insulted you at the wedding. So was you actually there at the wedding? Oh, maybe you weren't put in the programme. It's gonna be that, isn't it? Let me guess. 
I think you were at the wedding, you weren't put in the programme, or you was on the wrong table. Table politics. You weren't on the high table. Something's going to tell me you're wrong. Something's going to tell me you're wrong. Anyway, listen, listen. Dear Didri, I thought I had a good relationship with my stepdaughter, but after, yes, yeah, so I read that. I'm 56 and my husband is 58. We were seated behind the other guests, two tables away from the bride and groom. Okay, so your husband, who is the bride's dad, is sat with you. So you're the same status as him. So let me look at it. We could not see or be seen by them. We only saw the seating plan on the day. My stepdaughter clearly knew what she'd planned wouldn't have pleased her dad. She's 27. So why are you taking it? It doesn't need to be we were snubbed or her dad was snubbed. You should be feeling for him. Why are you snubbed? Uh, we can't imagine what we have done to deserve this treatment as we've always made a big effort with her. My husband is furious and he hasn't talked to his daughter about it. He acts like nothing's happened and I feel awkward in her company now. Oh, so he is furious, but he acts like nothing's happened to her. Okay, yeah. I can't look at her without feeling angry. Jesus. Guys, I don't, look. I just talk to her. So, like, it's so easily addressed. Hey, how come we were sat at that table? And she's like, oh, do you know what? It's because of the layout. Da, da, da. I thought you'd be comfortable sat on that table with Uncle Joseph. Because you guys all get on. And you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you, just the way people see things at weddings, I just don't think you're snubbed. Like, especially if you are continuing to see her, the relationship's fine. So I don't think you were snubbed. There have been a reason. She'd have had a reason for that. So, Laura, isn't it? You were invited. You know, only step parents don't get invited to weddings. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, I. What was this? Dating fears. I fear my ex will think I cheated after I've started dating another mum. Ah, okay, right. I know what this is. Dear Deirdre, I split up with my girlfriend three years ago, uh, but we still managed to co-parent our children well. Then it's going to be you, you're dating like a mum from the school or something. Let's see. We have a daughter, age seven, and a son, age five. Um... I have begun spending a lot of time with another mum because her son and mine are best friends and I've started to develop feelings for her. Um, I'm 41, my ex is 40, and the other mum is also 41. The problem is my ex was always paranoid that something had happened between us, even when it hadn't. And, yeah. So now I'm worried that if we did get together, my ex would think I had cheated after all. I heard some of the other school mums giggling and looking over at us last term and I really don't want to start being the talk of the schoolyard. The problem is, I just can't stop thinking about this woman. Get with this woman. Let's just get with her. That's it. She's going to have these thoughts in the head either way. So why are you going to stop your happiness? I remember when I split up with uh, one of my exes and hadn't cheated on her. And that was like the last question she asked. She was dumping me. And she goes, oh, can I just ask what? Did you... Did you ever cheat on me? And I was like, what? No. And she said, oh, okay. All right. And I go, I've got no reason to lie now. We've just said, we've just split up. <laughs> just split up and not getting back together. So, no, I, I didn't. And she's like, okay, I, I, I believe you. But it's like, so that was clearly just in her head. 
that that could have happened or was happening. And she could have just stayed with me because she had no evidence of it that she had to ask again. So the point I'm making is, is that being in her head is in her head. It didn't change any of your actions. So she could have think you cheated. She could have thought you never cheated, but you didn't. You never got with this woman. And now you want to get with her. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I understand, though, because you've actually got a good relationship with your ex. So you don't want to make that different. Maybe do what? Here's the thing. Boom. Just tell her. Tell her before. Before. Tell her before. Tell her now. Go on. Tell her now. There you go. Before the thing. So I haven't even asked her out. She probably won't even be interested. Tell her. Nah. Then if she's not interested, she can laugh at you. And <laughs> that'll make her feel better. Uh, yeah, that's what you should do. Tell her now if you're really good mates. Um, and you'll meet, yeah, and things like, here's the thing. The reason why you need to tell her anyway is because you're going to be talking to a woman who's immediately in your kid's life. She knows this woman. The kid knows the woman. If it was just some next woman you met in a club, then you don't need to tell your ex straight away that I've met this woman in a club. Because you're not bringing that woman around your kids straight away but this woman's going to be immediately around your she's already around your kids so you need to tell your missus maybe your your ex tell your ex yeah that's what you need to do that's my advice all right people that is the end of the pod um yeah that's it all right cool uh i think that's it i think that's the end of the pod all right people peace